Here's why India desperately needs electric vehicles. Pollution in many Indian cities have reached alarming levels. And India has between 4 and 6 of the top 10 most polluted cities in the world. Depends on whose rankings you believe. Also, we have a massive dependency on oil with imports of $120 billion last year. We're literally held ransom by OPEC, which sets the price of oil globally. India also presents a unique opportunity for EVs. We're the fourth largest automobile market in the world and the second largest two-wheeler market in the world. And the transition from petrol and diesel to electric always begins with two-wheelers. So we have all the incentives in place to make the change. And world over, everyone has accepted the transition from internal combustion engine to electric vehicles is inevitable. The only question remains, when will the mass adoption of EVs take place? So let's understand the basics of the EV ecosystem, the important parts you should know about an electric car and how our government is supporting this technology. As we transition from our traditional petrol and diesel models known as internal combustion engine or ICEs to electrical vehicles or EVs. To begin with, let's understand that EV technology is much simpler than ICE technology. In electric vehicles, a battery plus a motor is replacing the entire engine and all its parts. The advantage of this is firstly, you won't need as many replacements of parts as your vehicle gets older. So less maintenance cost. And also since there are such few parts, cost of regular service and upkeep is minimal compared to ICE vehicles. Not only that, EVs are much smarter and have many more features, way beyond what consumers can expect in an ICE vehicle. They're also best suited for future automotive trends such as autonomous driving, connected vehicles, etc. And will function more like laptops or smartphone on wheels rather than traditional cars. So get ready for software updates being a big part of EV ownership. Thirdly, EVs are more powerful as well than ICE vehicles, at least in the speed range that matters, which is within city limits. It produces torque in a wide range and so it picks up much quicker. ICEs do, however, perform better at very high speeds. The transition from ICEs to EVs is happening in phases. We can't just all of a sudden jump to full electric cars. So here are the different types of EVs. There are mild hybrids, which are basically ICE engines that have a small 48 volt battery attached to it. This battery plays only a minor role, such as engine start stop, AC and infotainment system. Maruti Suzuki makes models of this like Ertiga, Brezza, Grand Vitara. Then there are full hybrids, which have more powerful batteries. And here the battery along with the ICE powers the car. The latest MG Hector or the Toyota Camry would be an example. Then we have plug-in hybrids, which have much larger batteries and can run on full electric mode as well and have to be charged by plugging it into the power source. The Volvo XC90 and even the latest BMW 7 series has a plug-in hybrid option. This one will, however, set you back a neat 1.76 crores excluding taxes. Fourth is a battery electric vehicle, which is driven by purely electric motors like the Tata Nexon. And finally, there's something known as fuel cell electric vehicles, which instead of a battery has hydrogen fuel cells that generate electricity to power the vehicle. From this, you may have understood that electric vehicles have two main components the battery and the motor. The battery makes up 35% of the cost of the vehicle, making it the single most important component. And the one issue that EVs face revolves around its battery's ability to store a large amount of energy. So basically its driving range and time taken to charge it. 
That's where ICE motors have an advantage over EVs. But as technology is progressing, that gap is narrowing. The motor is the second most crucial part of the EV architecture. And along with the battery, these two components replace the engine of an ICE vehicle. Other components include controllers, which act as a go-between the battery and the motor. Basically, it determines how much power the motor needs to function smoothly and supplies it via the battery. Then there are E-axles which is a casing that packs various components into one. There's also inverters, which converts electrical energy from the battery into mechanical energy used to drive the vehicle. Onboard chargers are used to charge the vehicle. Alternatively, in some cases, a fast charger can be used instead, where the battery is charged directly. And in those cases, onboard chargers are not needed. The battery for most EV vehicles, not all, runs on a technology called lithium-ion which is a rechargeable battery. The same rechargeable battery is used in all our electronic items as well, such as cell phones, iPads, laptops, etc. Now, lithium-ion battery packs were very expensive a decade ago, but the technology is becoming cheaper. And as you can see, its price has drastically reduced from $1,191 per kilowatt hour in 2010 to $137 per kilowatt hour in 2020. And it's expected to go down further. But unfortunately, India lacks sufficient lithium deposits to manufacture these batteries. And almost all EVs in India mainly rely on batteries supplied from China. There are only 8 countries that produce lithium and 85% of its production happens in Chile, Australia and China. Another very important raw material is cobalt and is found mainly in a very unstable region of the world, the Democratic Republic of Congo. 70% of the world's cobalt production happens there. And that area witnesses a lot of supply disruptions as the government over there is not very stable and controversies relating to mining and child labor are always heard. So these are the problems. Government incentives are also a big part of the EV revolution world over. Today, China is the world leader in EV adoption because of strong backing from their government. They've even left the US far behind. In India, the government came up with its flagship EV policy called FAME. In its phase 1 in 2015, the government spent around 530 crores and came out with phase 2 in 2019, where it's committed an expenditure of 10,000 crores, which it will use to give subsidies to customers, build EV infrastructure throughout the country, such as charging stations, and promote EVs for public transport. See, the main problem is the cost of EVs, whether it be for two or four wheelers. And in a price-sensitive market like India, it becomes all the more important to bridge the gap between ICE vehicles and EVs. The state and central government are working together in trying to make EVs cheaper by giving subsidies and incentives. Most states also give a 100% exemption on road tax. GST on EVs have been reduced from 12 to 5%. Further, the production-linked incentive or PLI scheme of the government is encouraging manufacture of batteries and other components in India by giving subsidies for the same. Also, battery electric vehicles are given green license plates and are exempt from permit requirements. The total cost of ownership of EVs is anyway less than ICE vehicles if we use them for more than two or three years, including the cost of service, repair, maintenance, and of course, fuel. But the government is further trying to encourage mass adoption by making upfront cost as less as possible too. India is in a unique position to capitalize on the EV revolution. As I mentioned earlier, the transition from ICE to EVs begins with two and three wheelers. 
These smaller vehicles are easier to electrify since they need smaller and simpler batteries and there isn't much of an upfront cost differential with ICEs. And 84% of vehicles sold in India are two and three wheelers. Presently, there are approximately 14 lakh electric vehicles on Indian roads. EV sales in the year 2022 was three times more than 2021. And from having less than 1% of all vehicles sold being electric, which is what we have now in 2022, India plans to have about 30% of all vehicles sold electric by 2030. And majority of them, of course, being two and three wheelers. Now be the first to know about the latest updates on our new news app. Go on your Android or iOS, search for HW News Network. Download our app, choose the language you prefer to get updates in and be up to date with the latest news.